Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through it again! Oh, he just can't do it! You just cannot be that good! That is an amazing goal! I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? We are back with another episode of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We have a host of topics for you today, but with me, as always, a man who used to love going to Old Trafford as much as probably Mohamed Salah does now. It's Billy. You're cruel. But I did did ask you not to hold anything back when you said you had a couple of cruel ones. You asked... You got. I'm a sadist. It's fine. It's uh, the only reason I still continue to watch that football club. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But like Lewis said, we have a whole host of topics. And we will be talking United Liverpool. We will be talking, surely it's Ollie out now. We've got a couple of spooky football stories with you, seeing as this is Halloween week. And then in the Bundesliga, it's bye-bye Van Bommel. And they, just as we sat down to record, just hired a new manager. We'll let you know who later. Is Haaland being mismanaged by Dortmund because he's that crucial to them? He came back for one game, he's injured again. And we'll talk the unvaccinated Joshua Kimmich. Should we just get out of the way, please? You might as well. You might as well just get it out of the way, wouldn't you? Well, let's let's start off with a statistic first. Oh, please. Cristiano Ronaldo, since his return to Manchester United, has scored a total of four goals at Old Trafford, which is, you know, it's not the worst thing. It's not his best statistic, but it's not it's not the worst. Mohamed Salah has six goals at Old Trafford. Your thoughts? <laughs> not since Ronaldo's return, he doesn't. Yeah, but still... Think about how long Mohamed Salah, like how long Cristiano Ronaldo's been there and how often Mohamed Salah comes there. Like in total, they've probably played about the same amount of games at Old Trafford. I dislike this step. <laughs> what? Because I'm, the truth. And I'll be honest, on Sunday, I really disliked football. Well, I mean, that's to be expected as a United fan. But um, staying in tune with Ronaldo, should he have been sent off? No. Is that you just talking with the, the blood red goggles on or... Uh, is that actually your unbiased opinion? Yeah, okay. Maybe he should have been sent off, but you could look at it one of two ways. It, it was out of frustration. So? Which it probably was. Or he's just mm-hmm. trying to get the ball off of Curtis Jones, which I don't think it was. So yeah, okay, he probably should have been sent off. And I won't repeat what, what I said to Greg when he messaged me about it afterwards. because I was I'm pretty sure it was me. I was just in a in a few. I said it to Greg as well. I was just in a blind rage with football. Well, I think it says it all when you sent two people the same exact exact statement. So uh, I don't know where to start with that game. I really, I mean, well, maybe when Bruno Fernandez skied that opportunity he had after like what three minutes. <laughs> it's like okay, well, it's, just, it's just not going to be. They basically scored down the other end at that point, didn't they? Pretty much with. You know, it's like watching, we said this literally last week after the Leicester incident. <laughs> it's Sunday league stuff. There's no organisation back there. And I refuse to believe that's just because Varane's injured, because he's not been there two minutes. Yeah, I'm sorry. There hasn't been enough time for Varane to actually have that much of an impact. As, as bad as it sounds to say, he 
There's no way. Oh, they were just all over the place. Luke Shaw cannot hold a line. And we touted him as being one of the best, if not the best right back of the Premier League last season. Last season he was. Okay, last season in the Euros he was. Yeah. And Harry Maguire was up there. Definitely. But he, I mean, you said it last week. He was brought back after not having trained all week to going straight into the starting 11 against Leicester and then promptly had a massive error leading to a goal. And I find it almost hard to believe that a week of training is going to be able to prepare him for a match that big. If that's his first training week of training, I wouldn't throw him right into the starting 11 after, uh, against one of the top two teams at the Premier League at the minute. Yeah, but the only other option is Eric Bailly, who, yeah, okay, he's good, but every time he plays, he looks like he's going to break something or someone. Which isn't necessarily a bad quality as a defender. <laughs> no, I, I I, think no no manager would trust him against... No, you're, you're probably right. I, I mean, but in all honesty, Harry Maguire is supposed to be the one who keeps that back line in check, and that back line was for lack of a better word, all over the fucking place. Yeah, it was. For all of their goals, it was a complete shambles. But this is what annoyed, This is what's annoyed me these last few days because everyone's going, oh, it's, it's Ollie's fault, it's Ollie's fault, it's Ollie's fault. Well, is it? No. Let's, let's hold up a minute because there's only so much you can do as a manager. You can coach them all week, but if they can't, you know, if they go and play like that, that's on them, that's not on you. Yeah, but at, that, at what point does it start becoming the the player's fault because you have to say at that point then are just man united's back line inept yes because that would literally mean that united's back line is not fit to play at that level well that because that, as much that back line is i saw it, it was like 20th at bottom of the league for uh, mistakes leading to shots it's and not 18th kept, in clean sheets yeah not kept a clean sheet in nine games so you tell me where that's the manager's fault well that's the thing tactically speaking isn't it no because a back four is a back four regardless of what happens ahead of it you should have the organization to yeah, two of those Liverpool goals shouldn't have they shouldn't have come about if the back four were organized. Arguably another you should you oh, I, I can't. And then Harry Maguire comes out and says, Oh, I'm I'm doing a post-match interview because I need to be here, because I have to be here. You're the fucking club captain. And if you're gonna act like that, like, get get the fuck out. Take it off of him and give it to someone else. Yeah, for me that that it's is that is unintelligible. Anyway. That is unintelligible as how as to how you can say that. Like, I mean. Yeah, everyone gets that you're pissed off after a game like that. But then to come out and say like, oh, yeah, I'm just here because I have to be, you know, it's like, well, you have to give a statement. If, if Bayern sorry. had lost 5-0 to, say, Dortmund and Manny Neuer comes out and goes, yeah, I'm, I'm here because I have to be here. Not I'm here no. to try and explain what happened. I'm here because I have to be here. No, I'm sorry. It's just, first of all, you wouldn't see that from Manuel Neuer. You wouldn't, he, he would never do something like that. That's because he's a proper captain. At which point do you have to think about the fact, does Ronaldo maybe deserve the captaincy? No, not at all. Okay, good, because I was, I was just going to see, this is, the, this is the one point where I was trying to see how, how biased or unbiased you would react. Because... Not at all. And the, the thing is, the thing is, I can't think of anyone, maybe Fernandez, who was the captain at Sporting. Yeah, but is Fernandez not also... I find it always hard to trust the captaincy with attacking players and, and whatnot. Like there's a reason why it's usually defenders and goalkeepers who are, who are captains, because not only are they the leaders of the on the pitch, but they're also 
the players with the most, like they've got the best overview of the pitch. Having said that, in today's game, it's a, that's a very, very conservative way of looking at things. Because there let's, are so let's many... be honest, how good footballers are these days? Normally your captain was your best player. Yeah. With, with well, how good... Fo- okay, arguably your best player. With definitely, how good... definitely one of the players who you wouldn't leave out of the start. Obviously one of the players you wouldn't leave out of your start, starting 11, but still, I wouldn't say... Because arguably Neymar and Mbappe are PSG's best players. Would you cap- put one of them as captain? Fuck no. Who is PSG captain? I think Marquinhos. No, I think. He's been there the longest. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I don't care enough, to be honest. But the way how good footballers are these days, you shouldn't need someone to tell you where to be or tell you where to go. You should just know it anyway. It's just no. something you give someone because they have to have it. No, it's a, it's a, it's a leadership uh, um, question, I'd say, because you have... You don't need someone to tell you where to go or where to do where to be, but you need someone who will lead the team. And for me, Slabhead, mm, I don't know. Is he really the guy who, when everything is down and out, like in that game, is like, come on, boys, get our shit together, let's go? No, because his head drops and it was raining and he looked like a drowned rat. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not wrong. But, okay, but we, ha- we, have to, we have to ask questions of the manager still. Yeah, you, you know, do, but I'm that, that's I'm not I'm not suggesting that he should be exempt from criticism because that's just not true. But I said this to like, people I was, when I was at work on Sunday. I said this to people at work. Like, if I was that bad at my fucking job, I'm talking about the players. I'd get the sack. Well, if you were that bad continually, I'd say you know you have a bad day at the office. That's okay, but still, yeah. Yeah, but this isn't one bad game at the office. This is mm-hmm. conceding four goals to Leicester. This is going two 0 down inside half an hour to Atalanta at home. This is conceding going five down goals. 5-0 in, in, inside, inside of 50 minutes. 4-0 down at, at half-time against Liverpool is unacceptable. Yeah, I'm sorry, but after 50 minutes, it, not even an hour, and you're down 5-0 at home, I don't care who the, who the opposing team is, that shouldn't be happening. Not with the calibre of players that, that Man United have in their squad. And that's the most infuriating thing. They aren't. This is. It's not like we've got shit players. This isn't a no. Morgan Schneidlin, uh, Chris Smalling, Phil Jones at the back, Ashley Young situation. This is, you know, two hundred million pounds at the back. It baffles me. It stuns me. And to be honest, I was a little bit annoyed they didn't get six because then I would have told you to put United hit for six as the photo caption. But because at that point I was just so done with it, I just wanted it to get worse and worse and worse. I mean, I'm still pretty happy with Mo owns Manchester, so you know. Great. <laughs> Anyways, well, and they, they, we they said just we said yeah. this last week. If it's Antonio Conte, they get in. I would gonna give serious consideration to just stop watching football together. Yeah, I was that that was where I was going to go next with my next round of question was what do you do? Do you sack Solskjaer? Do you do you get in another manager? Ronaldo is apparently rumored or is rumored to have to have suggested Zidane if they sack Solskjaer. At the same time, he's been quoted as having said that Solskjaer's training sessions are some of the most tactically well-planned training sessions and one of the most rigorous tactical training sessions that he's ever had, which is where I'm a little bit confused. How do you, as a Ronaldo, as a figure be like on the one hand yeah these training sessions are great and on the other hand if you guys sack him you guys should get in Zidane thing that is if you no if you listen to 
the recommendation of a player, that player has the entire club's hierarchy by the testicles. More or less, yeah. But I think Ronaldo had that either way. Uh, probably. I was about to say, this is Cristiano Ronaldo we're talking about. Let's be real. But, oh, Twitter has been an absolute toxic waste pit. Yeah, okay, I can imagine The last that. couple of days. And all of yesterday, all of yesterday, people were celebrating a man being sacked who hadn't even lost his job yet. And and then today it was, oh, yeah, he's been given three more games because Fergie's backing him. And then people were attacking the greatest manager in football ever. And it, yeah, I'm sorry. Fer, Fergie's, Fergie's uh, word has a lot of weight behind it and how you can you know try to really really even discredit that that word is beyond me okay because love him or hate him he's probably he is the most successful manager okay well, last thing on last not thing on most, this one of the most. last thing on this before we we move on to something else was he tactically weak when we beat man city three times in one season was he tactically weak when we went to psg and won on away goals was he tactically weak when we beat Chelsea? Was he tactically weak when we come back from Spurs? You know, all the comebacks and all the, you know, when we put six goals past Roma. I'm picking the Man City option, you know, the Man City games as prime examples because he out he out tactics Pep Guardiola in two games last season. Yeah, fair enough. But you have to also argue that, you know, last season, last season is last season, this season is this season. You know, Mourinho has proven time and time again that you can one season be great and the next season get sacked. I just did. I've got a, a massive dislike for ninety percent of football fans, fans <laughs> in inverted commas, who just spurt shite and literally the first thing that pops into their head. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I'm with you on that 100. percent Because so, I, I don't think do? I don't think we should sack him now. Because there's no one realistically that's a fit that could come in. Conte would take the club back three seasons. Zidane Fair just enough. wouldn't take the job. He would just be uh, Ollie with a fetish for French players. So you either stick with him till the end of the season, sack him, and then get someone in. Again, my pick is still the Ajax manager. Ten Hag, yeah. Yep. Regardless of maybe he should take another job first, I think that's dog shit. Ajax scored the most goals in, in Europe's leagues this season, conceded the least goals. And they did just batter Dortmund for four. So I mean, you're you're not wrong. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you that. Shall but, we move on? Yes, please. From this, from this bitter topic. And seeing as we're talking about managers, why don't we just talk about the next managerial debate? Mark van Bommel was sacked uh, by Wolfsburg after having eight winless games on the trot and having four straight losses. Do you think he should have been given more time? See, this is the thing. This is what happens when you've got a, a hierarchy that know how to make tough decisions, that don't dally over tough decisions. I mean, I thought Van Bommel would get the sack first when he made an extra substitution in the cup game. But, you know, but this is yeah, what was, happens when you've, really... got, when you've got a sporting director or... It's not as big as the United situation, but I'm going to butcher this name. Is it Jorg? Jörg Schmatke. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Jorg Schmatke. <laughs> You know, it, it wasn't working. They sacked him. But then they've also just gone and appointed a manager who was relegated last season. So I, I struggle to see. I know change needed to be made, but surely this is just moving sideways or sideways and back. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss. As to, You could have had so many different managers. You know, there was, there was even talk of, you know, Daniel Farke from Norwich. Yeah, he's Ed- under contract there, but even that would have been a better option than Florian Kohlfeld. Edin Terzic. Yeah, well, if you would have been able to get him away from Dortmund, but yeah, I mean, 
you probably would have had to pay money, but he would have been, I don't think Dortmund would have stood in the way of him managing another team because that's just getting in the way of him dreaming or of his dream because everyone knows that Edin Terzic can manage a big club successfully. Well, he showed it last season, like winning the cup exactly. with Dortmund and taking over from the great fiery shitstorm <laughs> left by Lucien Favre. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, funnily enough, the majority of uh, people polled on Sky Sports on Instagram said that uh, Mark van Bommel getting sacked was too early. I can understand, and, and, and I get it, because they did have that, tr- that ridiculous run. Yeah. So it, it, it clearly was possible. That's the thing. See, in all honesty, I voted yes on that poll as well, because I thought that given that run and given the fact that, you know, okay, maybe now at this moment in time, it's not going so well, but you can still turn it around. I would have said given, you know, a couple more matches, fair enough, but it may have been one, it may have been a tad bit early. On the other hand, you have to say eight winless matches does scream or it speaks volumes. And yeah, four, four losses on the trot in all competitions. You know, and they're they're not they're not they're not great at all in their in their Champions League group. You can't you can't you can't fault the club management for sacking him. What you can fault them for is getting the manager that they did, because I think Florian Kohlfeld is way way in over his head. He couldn't make it with uh, Werder Bremen to keep them in the Bundesliga. I yeah, I mean they are out of the DFB Pokal because you know the fun fun times of the extra substitution that they weren't allowed, which still I mean should have been illegal like it should have been illegal that he that you probably could have sacked fun bomb at that point i mean come on you can't be serious but um yeah i would have said definitely they they're not in they're not in the dfb Pokal, but still champions league is going to be very very demanding and that's the thing they have those ambitions they're back in the champions league they're going out of the champions league probably but- probably gonna end up europa league I mean, if if they're lucky enough to get third place in their group, that is. But they were torn to pieces, though, by yeah, RB Salzburg and by Adiemi. Yeah. So they currently sit <laughs> bottom <laughs> of their group on goal difference, but it's not as bad as it as it sounds. Like Salzburg have seven, but then Sevilla have three, and Lille and Wolfsburg are both on two. So it's not. It's not hopeless, but it's still not great. They've got Salzburg next Champions League match which you can probably say they're they're gonna lose probably the way the rates out as that spoke are going probably Lille aren't great yeah but still I'm trying they, to be an optimist here but they did win league on last year yeah and then the entire team was like picked to pieces that's a problem because and now the, and the coach left hell have a chance fighting chance of staying alive in three competitions but yeah well four in the case of the French but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't peg Wolfsburg all that highly. I think Wolfsburg had one good season last season and they should have. I mean, if they'd been able to keep Oliver Glasner, it would have gone well. But, you know, that that was just the managerial merry-go-round that ended up swallowing the Bundesliga whole last season. On the subject of Oliver Glasner, can we can we just appreciate that uh Frankfurt lost to Bochum at the weekend? Yeah, that was a very funnily enough, you know who scored the first goal in the third minute? Oh, he used to play for Frankfurt, didn't he? Former, uh, former, he got, he was, he wasn't given the, or he didn't get into the squad while I was an intern there, 2018. He was on the, he was on the, he was like a fringe player. 
And then he went on out on loan to Mallorca. And then he went to, uh, he ended up in the second Bundesliga and then, you know, at Bochum. And now he just went and bagged a goal in the Bundesliga against Frankfurt. So, you know, funny turn of events, but you can see how far a player comes in three years. Danny Bloom has really blue eyes. I know that's not the takeaway from this, but (laughs) I've just had a look. I've just had a look and they are like, really blue back back to the back to the football <laughs> i could appreciate what, what's in front of me no i, I know though anyways erling Haaland mismanaged by dortmund yes or no i'd say put it this way i say yes but with an asterisk because who the hell else are they going to rely on for goals daniel marlin he said with his tongue in his cheek i don't want people to think i'm genuinely serious about that yeah i was about to say dortmund maybe have I mean, I don't know how you can call it mismanaged when you just play your star striker as much as you can. So I don't know if it's mismanaged, but they probably should have left Haaland more time to recuperate. So in that sense, yes. But on the other hand, no. Because, you know, how are you going to... Dortmund, they maybe can survive without Haaland, as they've shown the weekend, but they're also very reliant on him. So I don't know. That's the thing. That's the reason he's been rushed back. It's because they're so overly reliant on him and his goals, saying that they won three one at the weekend. Yeah, but that but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's the reason why they now have to figure out a plan B. I'm trying to think. Thorgan Hazard or is he injured? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think Thorgan Hazard has the or is that much of the difference maker. That I mean, he he's not enough of a difference maker that he could at least <clears throat> for the time being replace Haaland. <laughs> Sod it. Throw him into the deep end, stick Yusufu Makoko up front. At this point, that might very well be what happens. <laughs> because Marlon hasn't quite settled yet. No, he was subbed off way early as well against uh, Ajax. He, he will settle. I, I'm going to put myself on. He will. Oh, it's just, it goes back to that long list of strikers Dortmund had a lot of issues with. I was about to say, Dortmund always managed to sign the star wingers, but the striking position, with the exception of Erling Haaland, has always gone to shit. Ciro well, Immobile, who is tearing it up for Lazio, yeah, never really did much for Dortmund. Paco Alcacer, apart from scoring was... against Bayern in the Super Cup. Wow, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they've got Renier on loan from Real Madrid. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> In all honesty, it was, a, it, was a two, it was a two-year loan. A very expensive thing to cancel. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to put Daniel Marlin in with those. <laughs> but so far, rate, it hasn't happened for him, though. Probably, yeah, it hasn't happened for him yet. You just, it's just, you can't deny it. Shit happens. Also, this is kind of Dortmund related, but I have recently just seen the picture. I forgot to bring it up when we were in the Premier League section of the episode. I've got beef with Sky Germany. And I think, Why is I, that? think I think you might have seen it because there's a pit. They, they did a graphic, right? Jaden Sancho in a tux. It was like, oh, they call me 007. And it was zero goals, zero assists, seven games. Fuck off. Oof. Oh, he was your golden Oof. boy last season. Jeez. I'm sorry, but that is creative as fuck. Come on. No, I dislike the Germans now. <laughs> I'm taking my talents to uh, Serie A. I'm changing, I'm changing one half of this podcast to, to Italian football. Yeah. The fuck you are. <laughs> Although, you know, people are going to be really shocked when they find out, what was it, Sancho didn't 
score assist for what the first half of last season. I was about to say he really and then finished with fourteen well. goals and like seventeen assists or something. Give Sorry, the kid time. I was oh about my to say, god! You can't expect too much, especially when you're in a team with players like Ronaldo, like Rashford, like Greenwood, like Fernandez. Like, come on, that's a that's a hefty, hefty attacking lineup. It hurts my brain and breaks my heart when people slag him off. It's like give the give him time. Yeah, okay, but we've we've been through this. The English have no patience. They have no no patience for the process. Again, I hate 90% of football fans. Anyway, <laughs> back to Dortmund and their mismanagement. <laughs> it is just the case of that him being too good. Uh, that, I mean, they've just kind of gotten carried away in the sense that you're, they're like, this guy scores goals like no one else. We need to have him on the pitch. I don't care how. But having said that, you know, at some point you just have to be professional enough to be like, okay, as much as we could have him back right now, give him a little more, bit more time rather than have him get injured again. Because if they keep bringing him back too quickly, there could be a, a situation where well, he'll he'll damage something long term and be out for quite a while, and it will completely change his game. Yeah, because he lives off of pure power, and if you can't if he can't use that, I mean, if you if you damage your hip flexor enough, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye to running. Yeah, and the guy is a behemoth when he runs. So to be fair, it, it's going to play into Dortmund's hands quite nicely. The fact that your winter break isn't ridiculously far away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Dortmund basically have to stress. They just have to get through about eh, one and a half more months. Yeah, it's about a month two. and a half. Yeah, maybe two at the, at the most. Shocking. Speaking of shocking, oh, come on. This is the thing that gets me right because oh, I, I, it's just triggered me so much because of the vaccination debate as it is triggers me because I just can't fathom how you wouldn't get vaccinated at this point. Like every expert has said the vaccination is good to go. And you basically are just helping society get through this pandemic and to go and just for, just for anyone to say, I'm not getting vaccinated because I think that there might be something long-term is like, okay, fuck off. First of all, as hard as, as harsh as it sounds to say, I'm sorry, you can't have an opinion and be like, yeah, I want people to respect my opinion when that opinion is endangering other people in society. I find that inexplicable to me. The only way I accept that 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 is an opinion is if that person then ex- accepts the consequences that come with their stupid opinion. And that is, in the case of Joshua Kimmich, that he maybe doesn't play. And I'm saying this as a Bayern fan. Because you can't tell fans that they have to have, they have to either be vaccinated or show that they've already had the, had it. Because that's the rule, ruling right now is that you can only, you can't get in with a test. You can't tell fans that they can't that that unless they have a vaccine or they or they've already had it, they cannot come into the pitch. But then someone who says, "I don't want to get vaccinated, even though I could," is running around on the field down there as as they as they stand outside the stadium. I'm sorry, that is unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. He's endangering his teammates because they train with him every day. They're in close proximity to him every day. Even if he gets tested every two days, I don't care. Save yourself money, save the club money, save yourself the hassle of getting something rammed up your nose every two days and get the jab. It's not that difficult. And the worst bit is his platform has now given a whole host of anti-vaxxers the fuel they need to keep up their regimen of saying, you know, we're not getting vaccinated because they're all going to go, oh, but you know, National team player Joshua Kimmich isn't getting vaccinated, so that must mean that there's something wrong. 
He's just given a voice to every single anti-vaxxer in this country and beyond. And for me, it is inexplicable how someone like that, someone who, who, who started a, an initiative at the beginning of the pandemic called We Kick Corona together with Leon Goretzka to get, to, to get money and donated 1 million euros himself to fighting the pandemic, how someone like that can't fathom how him saying that on live television is going to impact the vaccination efforts. That for, and by and large, someone like that is going to actually tell, sit there and say, I've got some worries about long-term effects. Like, I'm sorry, that is inexplicable and unacceptable. Unfreaking believable. And did this not come out days, hours after Julian Nagelsmann tested positive for it? Exactly. And the best bit is, Yuzo Kimmich was, um, had a visit to a children's hospital about uh, a couple of days before. before and the he's unvaxxed. Oh. Yeah. And he had a visit to the children's hospital in the um, long-term intensive care. Or no, it wasn't even the long-term intensive care. It was the, it, it was the, it's the war. I don't, I don't know what the ward is called in English, um, where, where you basically, you have a terminal illness and you're basically just there to, you know, make your last days, months, years comfortable. I don't know what you call that. Yeah, I, I think it is. I don't think it's called a terminal ward because that's quite dark. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know what you mean. Exactly. So he went and visited that ward and like took pictures with kids, and he's not vaccinated. Like, yeah, he's got two masks on in the photos, but still, that's just that's just unresponsible or irresponsible. Unresponsible, Jesus. <laughs> irresponsible. Okay. Yes, Yozua Kimmich, it's, it's not ideal, but I wanted to ask you this, and we spoke about this earlier in the week, because it ties in with David Beckham as well. Oh, yeah. Being the face of the Qatar World Cup and earning $150 million. Uh, over 10 years, but still, doesn't make it any better. It doesn't, it doesn't take away from... So, footballers, when does their... What's the word? When, when does their being a role model end if at all and more to the point should we not have footballers as role models okay because i've got an argument for both in my head yeah okay so first question as bad as it sounds i would want i would hope that you know footballers at some point don't have to be a role model because you know that that gets at some point it's it's going to be strenuous all the time Having said that, they're in a position where the camera is on them 24-7 and whatever they do is seen by millions and millions of people. So at the end of the day, they will never, they, they're forced into this role, at role of the role model because they can't escape the spotlight. As long as you're in the spotlight, you, you will be a role model because that's just, that's, that's by default. So many people see you and then look up to you that you can't ex- you can't escape it. I agree. I'm not I'm not saying I don't agree. And yeah, there has to come a time where you can't be a role model. And oh god, I really if I haven't sent this to you, I will find it and I will send it to you after we've recorded this. Actually, no. I'm going to send it now and I want to get a live reaction of you watching this because oh it is absolutely spectacular. So, Paul Skulls, as we know, was quite good at football. Yeah, it was, he, was, he wasn't bad. No, he was, qui- he was quite good. 
That was that was sarcasm. We all know he was probably one of the best midfielders <laughs> uh, playing. Okay. So I want you to <laughs> oh, Paul. I want you to watch this video that I just sent you. Oh my god. What the f- <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Is he chewing on her on on her freaking toenails? <laughs> I forget. That's Does nasty. the video tell you who it is? Yeah, it says new Paul, Paul Skull's daughter. What so, yeah, Paul Skull's hasn't been a footballer for, for nearly a decade now. I'm sorry, but what? I'd argue <laughs> his role as a role model is pretty much over. Oh, yeah, the guy chews on his daughter's toenails. I mean, <laughs> that sentence should never be said. That, that sentence should never be said. Just oh, the game over. Oh you my know? god, I'm crying. That sentence just shouldn't be spoken. It shouldn't. What? Oh. No, no, no man should chew on his own daughter's toenails. Imagine if you walked in on your dad doing that. You'd lose your rag. That's just not. And who films that? Who thinks she that's did? Something you can film. I know, but that's the thing. That who? How can you think that is something that I'm definitely going to film? I mean, obviously, if she's already letting him do that, then she's screwed up enough to probably post it at the end of the day. But still, damn. I've composed myself again. Yeah. Okay. The the, the point I was. I was trying to make was ex pros. I think we can probably discount from role model status. Can you though? David I Beckham? mean, yeah, because uh, yeah. Okay. Some of them might be pundits and some of them might do other work, but if you're basing your life off a footballer who doesn't play football anymore, I think you probably need to, you know, have a check people like, and the, this is an exception, but if you're going to have a role model in football, Marcus Rashford, Juan Mata with his common goal initiative, yeah. I would say Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich for the charity work, but we'll, Kimmich is kind of discounted. We'll push, we'll push Joshua Kimmich behind a big box and just put the spotlight on Leon Goretzka because there's nothing wrong with having a footballer as a role model. No, but I think because they're in the public eye, because they're admired by millions of you know impressionable people, if they're kids, like I say, it's horrendously irresponsible of you to then not not have the vaccination when everyone else in that squad has had it. Well, actually, there are five players in total in the Bayern squad who have yet to be vaccinated. Oh, I bet Mikel Cuisance is one of them. He just <laughs> he just seems like the type like yeah, an arsehole really that wouldn't. <laughs> he really does. But speaking of, and I think this is as bad as not getting vaccinated, is David Beckham's, I don't know what you call it, rights deal with the nation of Qatar. It's kind of like a... It's a sponsorship deal. He's supposed to be the face of football in the nation, and he gets paid 15 million a year for it. I'm sorry, David Beckham does not need the 15 million a year. Oh, he definitely doesn't need it. Yeah. So, but it's, so it's then, just... It's similar to the, the the Newcastle argument. And I know that Saudi Arabia, I'm not pairing them Yeah, together. well, Saudi Arabia and Qatar, they're both just as bad as each other. One whacks, it whacks any political opponents uh, in a darkened room under torture the other doesn't pay workers and makes them work in inhumane conditions both are shit yes well exactly which also which also funnily enough 
the Bayan fans have all planned a massive action at the uh, at the annual meet, club meeting where all members are also invited um, to the Audi Dome in Munich. And they basically have a, uh, it's the annual club meeting where the club basically they talk through finances and then also members can bring uh, issues of contention to the board. And the Bayan fans as a whole have all, are all now pressuring the club to end all relations with any Qatari-based uh, companies that would include Qatar Airways, which is on the which is the sleeve sponsor of Bayan, as well as their primary aviation partner. Yeah, I saw that. Isn't it uh, at the earliest opportunity? Yeah. So whenever the sponsorship runs out, so they could agree to it. Well, they can agree to it, but the sponsorship. I don't. I don't know when. I I would have to check the details of that sponsorship agreement, but I don't know if you can. I think they're pressuring to end it as soon as possible whether it be at the end of the sponsorship deal or not fair enough again yeah, I, you know i agree with them yeah same i mean Dave, but david beckham what is going through his head what can possibly go through his head he's what is he isn't he unicef ambassador he you know goes to help underprivileged kids in africa how can he just turn a blind eye to what qatar is doing for to fund this world cup and don't give me the and you can't honestly sit there and tell me you know you have to start a dialogue with these people and that thus you have to go. It's the same BS. Like, you know, you have to start a dialogue with the people at the top. Like that's, I'm sorry, but that's the, the, the pussy way of doing it. Send a call, send a strong and clear message. I'm David Beckham. And they asked me to be the face. I'm not going to be the face because they kill their workers in 50 degree heat. Simple as send a clear message. Don't be a pussy. Well, there, there you go. I think that's, it's very hypocritical of David Beckham because yeah. he, he preaches, you know, oh, feminism's in my DNA. Yeah, uh, and you. he posts all on his Instagram about how he supports the LGBT plus community and then goes and takes money from a country who famously, notoriously... Doesn't support any of that. Act, almost actively dislikes both groups. I was about to say, the, the, you can't sit there and take... I mean, save for the human rights destruction... Like, come on. Like, it, as, as, as cheesy as it sounds to say, I would have expected a lot more of David Beckham. Yeah, he's been around long enough to know. I mean, not just that he's been around long enough to know. He's intelligent enough to know. Oh, definitely. No doubt. Anyway, shall we finish with a uh, not necessarily scary story? Because there's not really many of those about him in football. Well, unless you count Luke Shaw's leg break in 2014. Oh, God, it makes me feel sick thinking about that. Exactly. I was about to say Halloween, like Halloween, we could do a lot of scary stories. Petter checks, you know, cracked skull. In yeah, but that's just, that's just gore. That's not. Well, the, the Halloween is supposed to be gory as well, isn't it? Mm, you're thinking <laughs> so story. I like so- psychologically damaging. There we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say a name to you and I'm going to see if you remember Hyannick Camber. Who? Former Schalke player. No? Okay, that's fine. Nah. Well, in 2016, when he was playing for VFB Huz, who? Lower league side, it just says. Oh, yeah. It was reported that Camber had been tragically killed in a car crash in his country of Congo. Jesus. At the time, tributes came flooding in for the football star. Star seems a, a bit much. With fans paying their respects and sending messages of support to the family. But, Lewis, there's a twist in this tale. Four years later, Camber miraculously reappeared in Germany alive and well. Eh, exactly. Like I faked his death. An investigation into the bizarre sequence of events was immediately launched 
with prosecutors quickly discovering that Camber's ex-wife, Christina, allegedly collected a six-figure life insurance payment after the player's supposed death. So he faked his own death. Uh, His wife got a six-figure payout, and he's now facing up to 10 years in jail. Jesus Christ. Wait, so he he faked his own... So did he actually fake his own death to get his ex-wife the money, or did his ex-wife just, like, pounce on some... Well, if you die... You legally can't be married anymore, so I think that's where it's come from. Uh, but okay. so basically, so basically, he said he was like he said to his wife, "We need some cash, so I'm going to go fake my death. Then you're going to be my ex-wife who collects the insurance payout, and that's it." Pretty much, it's a bit of a of a long fall from Schalke to VfB Hulls. But if you were a former player of one of Germany's biggest teams why would you go back to germany after faking your own death yeah that's uh that's a special kind of stupid (laughs) my question does she have to give that money back probably what if she's insurance company isn't going to be like oh do you know what you can keep that insurance payout (laughs) i'd i'd play i'd play uh, ignorance and claim i didn't realize he'd faked it (laughs) and then they might let you keep some money I doubt that's how that works. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. If it's if the German courts or anything like the Spanish ones, it'll be a slap on his wrist and he'll be sent on his way. Yeah, that's the thing. The German courts aren't aren't like the Spanish ones in that sense. What is in the fact they actually work? <laughs> Burn Spain. I think it's probably uh, probably Good to, end it on to, that le- to leave it there this week. <laughs> true, true. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to us on socials that's instagram facebook and twitter at at sports news as well as take a look at our podcast on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, and spotify under the 50 plus one football podcast take a look at all of our previous episodes it's always good fun but thank you very much for listening guys keep calm love the beautiful game